Faith Science Podcast. My name is Taylor Bowitz, and welcome back to the fourth Sunday in Lent for the week of March 14th, 2021, and I'm excited to have you here. I'm excited to dig in this week's podcast, and I'm excited that we are continuing into the season of Lent. I think, honestly, this Sunday, I'm really excited about the text we're going to jump into this week. I just have found it really interesting kind of where my brain on some of this has kind of started to put pieces together, and I think there'll be some fun things we can really dive into and jump into with this. But again, it gets back into kind of like what we've been talking about. This is a time of challenge. This is a time of really putting the rubber meets the road type of mentality with our faith. And I enjoy this. I enjoy the challenge. I enjoy being able to really contemplate and think about what is going to be the best way of challenging and bringing our faith forward more. And that's one of the things that we as people, and especially people who have some type of church calendar, going through Lent allows us to do. It allows us to really dig into the season of Lent and challenge ourselves and to think about and to figure out ways that we can strengthen our relationship with God, that we can challenge our faith in a healthy way to continue to grow and change and be more what God is calling us to be. And that's a beautiful thing. And it kind of leads into the Twitter question we had for last week, which is, are you ready for this new season? Are you ready for change? When I was talking about it, I brought it up a lot in the context of the church and thinking about it from this perspective of the church is about to change. But I think in a lot of ways, you could also talk about it within yourself. And I had a really great response this last week where how often we hear the negative things on change. We hear the negative ideas on, well, this is going to change and, oh, the dread that can come with this changing. But a lot of times we also forget in that the possibility of the blessings of change, the things that have changed for the better, and we just assume them to happen. If you think about it, 20 years ago, We had the beginnings of early smartphones, but a lot of just cell phones in general. And you look at the miles in which that's been able to come, there has been both, yes, disappointments, but there's also been blessings that have come from that. Think about the map industry would be one that, sorry if you were in the map industry, but they're not nearly as used because most people are carrying a pocket computer in their pocket, which has automatically changing maps to keep up with the road. So there's a lot of blessings and things like that. And I think in a lot of ways, the church and our own faith needs to continue to be this ever-changing, ever-growing thing. So let's just jump into it for this week. I'm going to start with our one of our Old Testament readings. I've been doing that a lot in Lent, and I feel it really kind of works well here again. The first reading is from Numbers chapter 21, verses 4 to 9. And this is the Israelites have been out of Egypt. They are heading to the Red Sea. And the people are kind of in this area where there's lots of poisonous snakes. And the people kind of come and are kind of like complaining to Moses about, you know, you brought us out here out of Egypt in the wilderness to die. There's no food. There's no water. The food is miserable when we do find it. And also, I think something that isn't brought up in this text, but it is worth noting, is just before this, Aaron, who has kind of been the person who 
kind of help Moses be able to say what God is saying has just died. So there's probably a little bit of mourning within the people. So they're already kind of in a rotten mood. And Moses then talks with God and he has this kind of weird thing that says, because it almost looks like an idol, but put a poisonous serpent on a pole and whenever someone gets bitten that they look to the pole that has the serpent on it and they live. And there's a lot of correlations, especially being on this side of the cross where we look to the cross and we understand that we are saved through that. And in this text, it is memorialized out of bronze, which I find kind of interesting. But again, this whole idea of looking up and looking beyond yourself to be able to understand that God is there. The psalm this week is Psalm 107, verses 1 to 3 and 17 to 22. This is the recognition of that God's love is what changes things. So it's kind of starting that from the beginning here, these first three verses, recognizing the steadfast love of God and how vast and wide this is. But I really enjoy, especially with where I'll be going here in a few minutes, talking about how in 17 and toward 20, that it's a lot of when we are caught in our sinful ways and caught in these different things, it's when we cry out to God. And when we cry out, it's that is when we start seeing the love of God. We are starting to see the connection, the way that God is working and healing and is going to continue to serve and work with his people. The second reading this week is out of Ephesians chapter 2, verses 1 to 10. Paul here is discussing again about kind of sins of a flesh versus what God did through Christ Jesus and how our human flesh causes us to fall into the passions of ourselves, the desires of our own body, and it causes us to lose our way. Whereas out of God's love and mercy for us that he then has gone and taken our seat for us to create this way for us to continue this relationship even when we fall flat and that realizing that Jesus has taken that upon himself for our sake and as we continue to strive toward this goal that we never will be able to meet in this lifetime that Christ continues to help pick us up dust us off and send us again on this way together. The gospel text this week is out of John chapter 3, verses 14 to 21. This reading, I would say you really do need to give a little bit of clarification before jumping into it, even though it has probably arguably the most recognizable verse in all of scripture, John 3, 16 in it. But remembering that Jesus is approached by the way of night, the Pharisee Nicodemus, who is asking questions and trying to figure out who Jesus really is, understanding that he's sent by God, but trying to understand. And certain ways, Jesus even kind of like, how do you not understand this? How are you leading people and not understanding this? But what he really gets into here, first we get where the numbers reading comes from, coming in verse 14, understanding as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, so should the Son of Man be lifted up. And whoever believes in him may have eternal life. 
Then verse 16, For God so loved the world that he gave his only Son, so that everyone who believes in him may not perish but have eternal life. Indeed, God did not send his Son in the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. And continues on that it's the light that Christ has, that it exposes the evil around us, that it scatters the darkness because of the true light being in him. And again, that Christ is this true light to help bring light into our world. So, before we jump into how faith and science come together this week, we have to do our shameless plug. Boom! Working Preacher, if you haven't checked out Working Preacher, I'd highly recommend it between their Sermon Brainways podcast, their commentaries, their discussions. Since I'm not an ordained minister, I love using this resource to be able to get multiple different scholarly biblical opinions along with different ideas and different commentaries. If you haven't checked out Working Preacher, I'd highly recommend it just based on the amount of discussion and thought-provoking stuff that's over there. So I would check out workingpreacher.org. This text is so familiar because of John 3.16. But I think looking at and thinking about these texts this week, we misunderstand John 3.16. Because in John 3.16, with being on this side of the cross and knowing what is going to happen, we misunderstand the whole purpose of what Jesus was doing and the purpose of him even stating this to Nicodemus. And I realize that these are pretty bold words to say about arguably one of the most recognizable Bible passages of all time. But I think there is some science that we have to understand to be able to recognize and realize what is actually going on here. This week, I was looking at it from the social constructs of our human nature, and I stumbled across this article coming out of Berkeley University, and I want to read parts of this to you. And again, this will be attached in the show notes as references, but listen to this. What is social connection? When researchers refer to the concept of social connection, they mean the feeling that you belong to a group and generally feel close to other people. Scientific evidence strongly suggests that there is a core psychological need essential to the feeling satisfied with your life. Indeed, humans are profoundly social species. Our drive to connect with others is embedded into our biology and evolutionary history. It began at birth with our relationship with our caregiver, and the effects of this relationship seem to reverberate throughout our lives. I was then listening to other like TEDx talks and stuff this week talking about, again, having strong relationships is connected with longer life, better health, better being able to recover from illnesses. And yet, when you look at the same science, how isolated we are, even before this latest pandemic, how we have struggled with the idea of being able to connect with other people. And if you look back even to the 1970s, how typically people had three close friends, where to now you're lucky if you have one. And I find this really interesting when we start then thinking about it from what Christ then is stating here. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son. We are designed 
to connect with other people. Let me repeat that again. We are designed to connect with other people. And when we understand that God is our creator and has established these relationships, was trying to design us to be a social species, to connect with not only each other, but with God. And that God gets to this point of realizing the only way to connect with my people better is to come in the form of them. Because I need to be able to be human. I'm going to put constraints on myself and become human to connect with them because that's what they need. When we start realizing that that is what is happening here and the science showing that, yes, we are a social species and that we are designed to have these connections, the love of what God did for us becomes very evident. But it also then transforms this text in helping us realize that God put limitations on God's self to become human, to demonstrate this to us so that we have connection to it. Understanding what God is expecting from us and trying to have us strive for and trying to connect at a deeper level with us because now the stories that we have of Jesus we can relate with because God has been here. And that, to me, the only thing I wish is that we had one more text reading this week of something out of Acts with the Pentecost. Because with that, it then shows that, okay, God created And even in the numbers text, God created us realizing that even when we are then going through something, being bit by a poisonous serpent, that we need to look up, not just purely to God in this sense, but I also feel like this is also us looking up to connect with other people around us and saying, I am in need of help. And not only just looking to God, but we're looking to God and also seeing that God created people around us to also help and serve us. Because we are all brothers and sisters in the faith together, that we should be walking this together, that we are connecting together, and that we are working together in this. Because we are one big family. So yes, it's easy for us, and especially when Jesus says it, that just as the serpent was lifted up, so shall I, and that we can see it as that. But I think there's also a point here where God is trying to already show us that it's not just purely about the relationship with me and you. It's the relationship with me and you and all your brothers and sisters. Recognize in the psalm this week is when the trouble and the stuff, the distress is healed is when they cry out. When they cry out to God. And when I think of crying out, it isn't necessarily silent. It's crying out in a way that others could potentially hear to be able to also cry with or to help with in some form or fashion. And if you think about then that Christ had to do this by humbling oneself to be able to get beyond the passions of our flesh because God is God and God put limitations on God's self and that doing that sets an example for us and that in that then that we are then understanding what we're striving for. There's a connection with, there's been another person who has done this 
and recognizing that even when we're hearing the stories of temptation, the 40 days of Lent to help us recognize that, that that's our connection with our creator, our savior is deep. But the reason that I wish we had the Pentecost also in this is recognizing that, okay, because now that I have walked this out, because now that you have seen this demonstrated and shown to you, now you understand the spirit in which I did walk this out and thus you are ready for that to be given to you. You see, God humbling God's self to become Christ in human form, connects us at a much deeper level than we ever would have had as the separation of the chosen people of God and God somewhere else. This text, this explanation of how the light coming into the world and scattering the darkness is exactly that. When we have profound relationships, we understand that the darkness does not just control us, absorb us, consume us. That it's in those relationships that God's light can be shown and it can help calm the troubled child that we often are. I think back to different times in my life when I'm wrestling with things or when I have gone on the edge of probably depression at different points, it's when I have isolated myself. And I cry to God in those times, but it's hard for God to be able to necessarily work because I have shut down, I've built up so many walls. It's not that it's impossible, but God has placed other people around me for a purpose too. Nicodemus having this draw to come and talk to Jesus is also the recognition of Nicodemus realizing there is something different here. It states earlier in the chapter that he can recognize he's a teacher from God, but he's wondering if it's something more. Brothers and sisters in Christ, our relationships with other brothers and sisters in Christ, there is more to that relationship than just a a friendship. There is something deeper there because of the connection that we have with Christ. We're two or more are gathered in my name, I am there also. In a lot of ways, when we look back over this last year, that's what's made this last year so difficult. Because we've had a hard time being able to find those spaces, whether it's in a church building or somewhere else. And often it's somewhere else. To be able to gather and talk and let the Spirit of God that was given to us at Pentecost stir and bring us together. And that's what's hard right now. If we're being brutally honest, the difficult thing with right now is we're slowly looking like, again, that we're making progress toward at some point being done with this, and we have no idea where that is. The point of being able to slowly connect with other people slowly being able to figure out ways that we can bring our spirits together. This last year has been a challenge. We've had to get creative in figuring out ways to be able to do that. But I think we still have, and I'm excited for what is going to happen now when we get together and get to hear about what God has been doing at a more individual level with a lot of us. But we also have to remember in this, And I think now we can understand at a much different level than we did before how we need each other, how we aren't necessarily gifted a tomorrow. 
God so loved the world that he humbled himself or herself and put restrictions on God's self to be able to connect with us at a much deeper level so that we can have connection and love with God and that others may see that love and connection and be drawn to it because they were designed that way. We are designed for connection and it's hard to say those words right now. Because in a lot of ways, it feels like we haven't been able to do that. When we look at how the division and people being separate from each other and how the climate that we've developed around the world even, the division, I would argue part of it is due to the lack of connection that we've actually had with each other. We are designed as a social creature. We are designed to have deep discussions. We are designed to have feelings and emotions But we are also designed to try to be able to walk in each other's shoes because we were designed to follow in one's shoes who took it for all of us. For all the times that we were walking and fell, Jesus kept going. For the times that we couldn't keep going, Jesus kept going. The flesh is weak within us. Like what was talked about here in the Ephesians, that the passions and wrath within our own self, our own flesh, falls. And yet we can still look to this relationship of Christ and how Christ, by the grace of God, continued going and realizing that that relationship was worth fighting for, even when we didn't realize it. Because Jesus wanted to show the love that God has for us. To me, this week at least, the recognition of Jesus humbling Jesus' self, limiting what God could do for us, becoming human for us to have this deep connection with us is hitting me different this time and maybe because part of it is that we've had trouble being us over the last year so as we are progressing and i pray that you do it safely as we are slowly looking like there's can be some types of expanding of gatherings recognize the spirit within each other recognize the relationships that we need and we have to not just avoid for convenience because god designed us to be social so the twitter question that i have for you this week is who are you going to connect with that you haven't connected with in a long time you know is it trying to connect with god at a deeper level is it connecting with that sibling or friend that you've been meaning to give a call to for a long time and you haven't who are you going to connect with that you haven't in a long time because god has blessings for that god has blessings when we are able to connect and letting the spirit connect with other spirit of god and it brings in the body of christ which is a whole nother talk for another week this year has been a weird challenge of everything that we know as humans we realize that we're a social creature and so let's embody that but also recognize that we were designed that way and look what our god and savior and spirit did to bless that social nature of us so we'll wrap this up as we always do i pray god blesses you through your faith and amazes you through science.